What's up, peeps? I'm Mark Zalmanoff, and I'm here to help you make good choices. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Make Good Choices podcast. I am your host, Mark Zalmanoff. Your Make Good Choices ninja. How about that for some rebranding? Um, I got a great guest today. I'm super excited about this one. Uh, before we get started, as always, subscribe, leave a review, share this with your friends. That's how these things get spread. And that's how we help other people make good choices. That's what this is all about. So today's special guest, uh, she is another member of my Apex fam. There's a lot of us. Like, there's a lot of us. We're a force, let me tell you. Um, she is a fellow fitness professional. That's part of what she does. Um, she and her husband own a gym down in Houston, which is great because that means they're in Texas and Texas smells like freedom. Uh, she is a mother and you know what? She's just an awesome person. I'm so glad we've crossed paths. We've had the pleasure of doing another interview on my other podcast, Real Talk with Real Fit Pros. That was awesome. But, um, I'm, I'm super excited about this one and you, you guys will find out why soon. Um, so without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Kirsten, I'll cut you if you call me Kristen Smith. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. I am honored to be here. <laughs> um, yeah, don't call her Kristen. She will fucking cut you. <laughs> That's not true. You know, side note, when I was in first grade, my two best friends were Kristen and Kirsten. So when we'd go to one kid's house like that, we were all named Kirsten go to Kristen's house we were all Kristen so I answered all of it and, and a lot of the time I don't even notice it <laughs> nice well you know right before we got on here I asked you if you've actually listened to any of my episodes and you have so as we always start this show let's share with the listeners who are you Ooh, all right getting deep right from the jump I love it um if you would have asked me this exact same question like three years ago crickets I would have had like no idea how to even begin to answer it um that being said you know here we are today and I'm not entirely sure still but I've gotten it a little bit more figured out than I did a couple years ago um I am a mother of four young kids it takes a big part of me um, I am a wife, I'm a business owner, um, I'm a lover of liberty. Um, I am, I think, also in addition to that, um, I'm a lover of a healthy debate. And I really like to kind of push people out of their comfort zone and push them to be a little bit better, take control of their life, personal responsibility, and basically you know, don't leave their life story up to fate because fate is just a shitty author. So I like to tell people, grab that pen and write your own story, whatever that looks like, just make it a good story. I love that. That is awesome. You know, Jim Gaffigan once said, if you want to know what it's like to have four kids, imagine you're drowning and someone hands you a baby. So, you know, there's that. Um, <laughs> this is, you know, so if, if you guys know anything about me or if you follow me or listen to me, I am a libertarian at heart um, and I have thoroughly enjoyed 
Kirsten, your content that you put out on social media, your stories are full of amazing shenanigans, but it, to me, it's truth. And I love what you said about a healthy debate, because I think we've gotten to this point in this country where that is a lost art. You know, everyone just speaks louder to get their own point of view across and nobody's listening to anyone else. So in your opinion, what is a healthy debate? What does that actually look like? Um, I think it stems from intellectual honesty. Um, I mean, if you're talking about specifically when it comes to politics, a lot of people treat politics as team sports. Like if you're not in, if you're a nerd and you're not into football, then, you know, maybe you're really into politics and then you're going to root for your team instead of rooting for Buffalo Bills. I don't know. Like, and, and then your team can do no wrong, right? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Um, and you root for the players on your team, um, regardless of what they may or may not be doing that is good or bad. So there's, in my opinion, generally the people who approach politics like that, they lack the intellectual honesty and the consistency to call shit out on both sides equally. And that's where, I mean, I think people that kind of tend to lean third party um, and they don't really get sucked into that, that duopoly of American politics um, can really step up into a leadership role and kind of draw attention to that. Because fact of the matter is most of us agree on a lot of things, right? And when we can rephrase things, we realize that it's kind of, um, you know, there's an article that was viral. I forget. Maybe it was in the American Spectator. It was years ago in the Obama era. Um, and it, it phrased things as being the country class versus the ruling class, you know, because we've gotten to such a point where you look at, you know, a presidency going you know, father to son with the Bushes. You look at the Clintons. You got these dynasties and politics and they, they really have um, embedded themselves into American politics and become so rich through their involvement in American politics. And you've got just general Americans, you know, who are essentially getting fucked every day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. So when we can phrase it like that, we've got a lot in common. Well, and I think that's the point is that, you know, we're more alike than we're different. And if you get out in the real world and talk to people, you find most of us just kind of want the same thing. And, and there's nothing wrong with having different paths to get there. But I believe the majority of humans, the majority of Americans want the same thing. Like we want to be able to go do what we want to do. We want to be able to pursue our passions and we want to do them without, you know, prejudice and without feeling like someone or something is holding us back from doing that. I believe a lot of that's made up. I believe a lot of the things that, people think are holding them back or not. It's all between their ears anyway. But when the third party always comes into play, you know, we got some kooks in the third party. You and I know that. Um, and, I, and I really, you know, I think back to like Ross Perot. You know, he was the first one in my lifetime to like truly challenge the duopoly. And I think if he would have latched on to an actual party, whether, whether uh, rather than just being independent, I think we could have seen some some like sizable change because he had the money to fund it. You know, he had he had more votes of a third party than anyone in my lifetime, but he was independent. And had he just said, hey, I'm going to be libertarian, I think he could have lent some credibility to the program. So do you see 
anyone in the landscape or what type of scenario has to happen for a, a libertarian to actually make a dent in this where people would be willing to go cast their vote? Man, um, I think that there is a lot of life in the Libertarian Party right now um, that it has not had previously. Um, so like Dave Smith, the comic, has been really vocal. He's talked about potentially making a presidential run as a Libertarian. Um, and I think he's the first to acknowledge that he's not going to win. He doesn't right. think there's any chance, right? But the goal is to go out there in the leadership position and just be vocal. You know, be able to clearly articulate points and to get people to think. Um, but honestly, man, like if if Ron Paul couldn't do it, you think about <laughs> yeah. think about what he could do and like how right he's been about a lot of stuff. And at the same time, you know, you had like Bernie Bros that could have gotten on board with Ron Paul that just want to be left the hell alone. Yep. You know, and like. There were certain things that, uh, I don't know. I just, sometimes I wonder if the entire system is just like too rotten that it, it is what it is, but maybe the only good thing that we can do is just talk about it. You know, and it's tough because the, the Republicans and Democrats are so rooted. There's so much money. And I've even seen, you know, I live in Frisco. I've even seen local city councilmen rise to local congressmen, state senator, you know, and then all of a sudden you look up and they're they're just the same as all the other fuckers out there. And like, what happened? It's like, do they just get greedy? Is it just the power? Is it the, you know, is it the control that they're after? Which I think we're, if you're being honest, we're seeing a lot of control being instituted and what's happening with COVID, with vaccines, with vaccine passports. I just I literally a couple hours ago, I read some articles. There's like, I don't know, a quarter of a million people in France protesting and, and not just, not just the people, but like medical professionals protesting saying, not only are we not going to take the vaccine, we're not even going to administer the vaccine. So there's people willing to rebel for the greater good. And I think in our country, everything's so fucking comfortable like even even you know i'm not judging but even the poor people here are richer than most of <laughs> most people elsewhere in the world you know people people on government assistance still have iphones and cable tv and like amenities that other people around the world don't even have and never never even have access to much less they're being provided for so it's hard to get people to actually give a shit and do their research and be willing to branch out and go, you know what, I'm just, I'm going to cast my vote for somebody I actually believe in, not against the person that I just don't want them to win. I mean, we've had two of the shittiest presidential elections ever over, <laughs> over the last, the last two, really. I mean, they're terrible, you know, Trump and Hillary. I mean, oh my God, people were just voting against they weren't, nobody was voting for. I think most people would agree. Nobody really voted for Biden. People just didn't want Trump. And that's not a way to rule the greatest country in the world. I don't know. I don't know what the solution is to that. And, you know, you and I can sit here and talk about this all day. And we're not going to do that. But 
you know, my encouragement to use if you're listening, you know, do some research, like look what these people are actually doing, find out who actually has the best interests in mind and be willing to approach politics with a beginner's mind and understand that, you know, Kirsten, like you said before, you have these families rooted, the Clintons, the Bushes, the Kennedys, you know, there, I'm sure there's other families that are taking strongholds in certain areas where they're going to be in power for the next hundred years. And if we don't do something to step up and change that, we're all fucked. <laughs> For sure. And I would also encourage people, I mean, like every aspect of life, when you know your principles, you know your core values, your business runs more smoothly, right? Like my family runs more smoothly. So being able to figure out what your principles are, look at history, read our founding documents and figure out what from a philosophical and a practical point of view is the role of government, right? Does the government divvy out your rights or are you a free fucking man? Am I a free fucking woman, right? Like I, I don't get my rights from Joe Biden or Donald Trump. I just don't. And I will never till the day I die think that I do. Like some people may think that, but that's okay. I'm not willing. I mean, that's a hill I'm going to die on. Yeah. And and that is a deeply rooted principle because I don't have to ask for permission to do things. And until people have a really clear idea of, of what their principles are, what the role of, especially the federal government should be, but even state and local government, then that'll really help kind of distill some of these things in current events. Cause you can look at them through that lens and you can be like, <laughs> no, like I'm, I'm not gonna have a vaccine passport, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think if people could just be a little more objective, not even a lot more, just a little bit more and think, why are there so many laws and rules? Like just in general, like why is so much of our lives legislated? Uh, um, I, I don't know if you know Austin Peterson, you know, he was the, the second second runner up to Gary Johnson in the in the Libertarian Party, but he had a shirt that said, I just want my gay friends to be able to defend their marijuana crops with machine guns. And that is about, that so wrong? That about <laughs> sums it up right there. You know, like yeah. you'll be able to have this as long as you're not infringing on other people's rights, you should be able to do whatever the hell you want to do. Simple mm -hmm. as that. All I right. know. And that's why this COVID nonsense has been hilarious because people are acting like they have a right to be free from germs when they choose to conduct their life in the public sphere. <laughs> and I'm like, guys, you, you have no right to that. Like all of human existence, we're going to share germs. If you don't want to be exposed to germs, that's not anybody else's problem. It's your personal responsibility. Yeah. Just, and it, and oh, it, the world we live in. And if you think a piece of paper is going to protect you from the most deadliest virus of our lifetime, then I got, I got oceanfront property in Arizona to sell you. Um, you, you know, my son and I were at Universal Studios a couple of weeks ago in Florida, packed. Like right. at some point he goes, it looks like those pictures you see of China. Like there's just, just people, you know, shoulder to shoulder and half of them are wearing masks. I'm like, you're wearing a mask at a theme park where you're like getting on a roller coaster. Everybody else's sweaty ass and hands have been sitting on there and nobody's cleaning those things. Like, anyway. All right. That's enough of that. <laughs> another podcast for another day. Um, I want to talk about you a little bit. You know, you and I, we talked a few days ago about your book that you are going to be writing. 
We're just going to throw. Oh, thanks for yeah putting it out there for some yeah. accountability. Wow. Yeah. That's, uh, I had that planned all along. Um, so let's, let's talk a little bit about what the book is going to be about and in the story behind it, because I think it's powerful. I think it's going to resonate with a shit ton of women out there. And I think it's truly going to make a huge impact on something that you and I are very passionate about, which is fitness, but we're not talking about just being fit in the gym. Like we're talking about life in general. So let's dive into that a little bit. All right. Um, man. So my background, um, actually moved to Houston because I got recruited to do my PhD at Rice University. So um, that was kind of the track that I was on for a really long time. I spent 10 years in academia um, preparing for a career in academia or in um, counterintelligence. So my research focus was the justification for violence in Islam and uh, my degree field was Arabic and Islamic studies. So I used to go to the Middle East every summer for about three months at a time, um, did some state department trips, um, things like that. And then fast forward, um, 2012 rolls around and I have my first kid. So, um, you know, Jeff and I, we kind of had an idea that the goal was for me to stay at home or at least to have a, a flexible enough schedule so that I could be home with our kids. That's how I was raised. It, you know, I'm really fortunate in that sense that my parents were able to make the sacrifices. And my mom was there when I got off the bus in the afternoon, you know, and we'd have an after school snack in the kitchen floor and talk about what happened that day. So like that really impacted me growing up. And I wanted to be able to offer that same thing to my kids. So, you know, here I am probably late 2012 with an infant and I had to go to Rice. I was teaching with um, a former ambassador who was also the director of the Baker Institute for Public Policy. So, you know, I'm sitting in Ambassador Drisian's office. I've got this infant in the little papoose attached to me. <laughs> and former Secretary of State James A. Baker is in the meeting with us. It's, you know, the three of us plus my baby. And um, she just has one of those like infant blowout poops just oh, real audible, <laughs> real messy. And I come to the realization that like, I have too much on my plate. Like, why am I trying to finish my PhD? Why am I trying to write a dissertation right now to finish a PhD when I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom? This is stupid. So I quit. Um, and I was used to kind of being an overachiever. Um, so when I jumped like full on into momming. I was like, Oh, I'm going to mom the shit out of these kids. <laughs> and I, cause I was like, I'm not going to do this halfway. Right. Like I'm going to, I'm going to be an overachiever when it comes to momming. I researched every bit of baby gear. I started a blog, like, here's all the baby gear you need. I'm going to make all my baby food. I'm now cloth diapered for kids. I'm like, you know, I'm not going to do this a normal way. I'm going to do it in overachiever way. So what happens about the same time is we had just opened the gym. So now my husband's an entrepreneur. Um, you know, I always say that I was his first hire and first fire. Um, we did not work together very well back then. So he's pulling, you know, long hours at the gym. I mean, even when our first kid was born, she was born in the morning and he literally left to go coach the noon class. So like wow. there, there are no days off, right. When you're an entrepreneur and you're building a business. 
And, um, you know, fast forward, our second kid comes along. I'd put one in the high chair in the bathroom while I'm bathing the bigger one. And then I'd put them both to bed and he'd get home at like eight o'clock at night. And I was in like solitary confinement years. I had no, no interaction with adults outside of our house, right? I'm a stay at home mom to now I've got, um, our kids are all spaced right about two years apart. So the hardest for us was probably at three kids. So at this point now I've got a four-year-old, a two-year-old and an, an infant. And, um, you know, it was just, I think that moms have a tendency to really, whether or not we mean to, um, we have a tendency to kind of make martyrs out of ourselves mm. and we mean well, right. Because we want to, we want to take care of our family. We love our family. We're really invested. Um, but it's also incredibly unrewarding. Um, and not a lot of people really say that out loud, yeah. but realistically, we're just trying to make sure that, like our kids don't wind up being serial killers. We don't know how we're doing along the way. Like there are no like quarterly reviews to be like, Hey, good job. You're kicking ass at this. Or like your kid might be a serial killer. I don't know. Like, wait 20 more years and then you'll find out how you did today. So there's not a lot of like, you know, am I doing it right? Am I doing it wrong? Am I an overachiever? Am I an underachiever? I don't know. Like, am I supposed to cut my kids sandwiches into these little shapes like they do on Pinterest? Or like, can I still be an okay mom if I'm not doing that? But like Susie down the street, she has her kids an infant swim and I didn't put my kid in infant swim. Are they going to ever be able to swim? So, you know, there's all of this, like just shit that's going on. Right. And for me, at least I found myself in kind of a really dark place where I lost all sense of who I was. And you couple that with the fact that my husband being an entrepreneur was very, very driven. I mean, like he's not a typical guy by any means, you know, he was a collegiate football player. He went into the military. He didn't just go into the military. He went to special operations and like he, he pursues growth and excellence in every aspect. So he's out joining masterminds, you know, pouring money and time into personal development. And I'm literally at home withering into nothing. (laughs) So he's coming home like, Hey, why don't you set some goals for yourself? And number one, I want to cut his throat at that point. And I'm like, I, I don't know how to set goals for where I am in life. You're like, like, I can't take a shit. I'm literally up to my shit. elbows, right? I'm up to my elbows in human feces all the time. And I like make macaroni all day. Like, I don't know what that looks like. How do I like, how do I get better? I like, I don't know. Um, you know, and I, I struggled with body image because I was pregnant. I was nursing. I was in weird postpartum phase all the time, um, for literally the better part of a decade. So finally for me, like what really happened was I think our fourth and final kid came in the summer of 2019. And I think that because like, we knew we wanted to have four kids that that was finally like the wake up call that I needed. Um, I don't think at that point, really any aspect of our life was dialed in. Our marriage wasn't dialed in. Our parenting wasn't dialed in. Our business wasn't dialed in. Our communication was shitty. Um, And I just, I realized that I had to take a lot of personal responsibility for where I was. And 
even though it's a really tough season of life to be at home and have really young kids, I had to let go of a whole bunch of stories that I had. So stories like, um, if I can't watch my kids as a stay at home mom and keep my house clean, I'm failing at my job because my husband goes out, you know, he's building a business and he's working in the business every day. Like he's going out, bringing home the money to provide for us. And how am I holding up my end of the bargain? If I can't take care of our kids and keep our house clean. So he told me for years, hire a housekeeper. And I just wouldn't do it because I took it so personally. Cause I thought that it meant that I was failing. Right. So between the idea that I was failing, if I had to offload some of my, my responsibilities and my tasks, um, couple that with the fact that he'd come home and I know that, you know, he's working hard, he's doing things, but I also felt a need to justify how hard I worked in this house. Right. Cause it's a lot of work when you've got a bunch of little kids, you got pets, you got household expenses, you're running everybody everywhere. You're packing lunches, you're wiping butts, you're wiping noses. It's exhausting all day long, but you don't have a lot to show for it. Right. I didn't have a paycheck that I could be like, Oh, look at this. See how hard I work today. So I would have to kind of complain about the workload. And I knew deep down that if I hired a housekeeper, then I I lost the ability to complain about some of that stuff. Mm. So I really had to like do a deep dive and it took a long time to figure out I needed to run my house like I was, you know, a CEO, not like I was brand new to the business. I don't need to be the one that's still cleaning the toilets. Like I have higher value stuff that I needed to do and it's okay to grow into that role. Woo. That's a lot right there. I love it. You know, the, the parenting is hard enough, like with one kid, you know, I got two boys, they were pretty spread out, um, different baby mamas too. So, you know, my, my shit's a whole different dynamic, but you know, I, I think you nailed it. Like there's no checklist. There's no, there's no quarterly review when you got a bunch of kids that go, well, you know, you're performing well in this area, but over here, you know, you could really make sandwiches better, but you know, you clean the bathroom. Like there's no fucking checklist for that stuff. And, you know, your, again, your willingness and vulnerability to, to share these things that so many people will never talk about. They'll never admit those things. They'll never admit that there's sometimes there's more shitty days than good days. You're like, well, you should be happy because you know, your kids are healthy. And you're like, no, they're fucking driving me crazy. And I want to slit his throat and then mine. And then they can fend for themselves with the dogs. Like no one ever talks about that stuff, but that's the real shit. And there's so many there's so many women out there. There's so many parents in general that deal with that. And I, I think, you know, the identity thing is huge. And I think so many of us lose who we are, which is why I always ask that question. Because we wrap ourselves up in what we are. But then when that goes away, when that changes, when, when your life situation changes, when your job, you know, when you get fired, when you get injured and you can't do those things that you say you are, then, then you're left sitting there, as you said, withering away going, what the hell am I doing with my life? And I think it's so important to be able to give other people a voice. And, you know, you know, Mike Claudio, and something he always talks about is he feels he's giving permission 
for others to win. And I really feel that you are going to give permission to so many people to just live their truth and be okay with that. And that's power right there. Like that's life-changing shit. And so again, you know, when we talk about the fitness realm that we operate in, like I want people to be fit, you know, with their body, but I also want people to be fit mentally, spiritually, emotionally, financially, relationally, like that's actual fitness. That's how we get better at life. So, so dive into that a little bit, as far as, you know, I know fitness has played a role in your journey. Um, so let's talk about a little bit of that and, and how that evolved and how you've been able to, you know, kind of separate yourself from the gym business to start to kind of get your own entity moving forward and making an impact in the way that only you can make an impact. It wound up being completely organic and unexpected. So I credit fitness with really being the driving factor for me, kind of rediscovering a sense of purpose in my life. Um, and it just, it really started because I wanted to get back in shape. You know, I was sick of, you know, gain 30 pounds, lose 20 pounds, gain 40 pounds, lose 30 pounds. Um, and I didn't want to do that anymore. So I was fairly active, I guess, with my fourth pregnancy, um, but mainly just chasing the other three, not like with any plan. <laughs> you know, I wasn't, I wasn't really hitting the gym. Um, but after she was born, um, at that point, you know, I had flirted previously. Um, Jeff, my husband did get me for mother's day after our third was born, some one-on-one nutrition and fitness coaching, which was great. Made a world of difference, opened my eyes to a ton of stuff. I learned about nutrition for the first time I realized, okay, I, I have been eating like an asshole and sure. Like I'm crossfitting, you know, four days a week or something and not seeing any results because I'm also eating all my kids like bagel bites or something like no wonder I get it. So, um, that really opened my eyes to a lot. And then when the fourth kid came along, um, I really just set myself a little, priority that every day, you know, when I got my oldest was probably in kindergarten at that point, I got the middle two off to mother's day out at nine o'clock. I'd drive down the street and I would take the baby and drop her off at the little nursery at the gym. And there were some days I literally just like sat in the lobby on a chair and scrolled social media because I needed to just enjoy a little bit of peace and quiet and solitude. Um, but most of the time, since I was already there, you know, I had some programming and I stick to it and I could go get it done in an hour. And I started to actually follow through on something that I had said for years was important. And I was amazed that that started to build some confidence. And then as I started feeling really good, cause I was like, bam, I'm somebody who like, I'm doing what I'm telling myself I'm going <laughs> to do. I hadn't always done that. Um, you know, I'd be like, I want to lose this baby weight. And I'm eating those damn bagel bites. So to actually be somebody who was following through on the things that I said were priorities felt good. And I felt like I could kind of trust myself. And then I started seeing changes in my body because now I was actually paying attention to my nutrition and I was following an actual plan when I was working out. 
So that got a bunch of attention from like local mom friends, um, school friends, neighborhood friends. And then people started reaching out and they were like, Hey, you've had really good results. You've lost baby weight really fast. What are you doing? And that coupled with, you know, COVID hitting in early 2020, just kind of created a perfect storm where I made a Facebook group and I added some of the ladies that I knew and I was giving them workouts so they could do at home. Um, you know, I wound up getting my certification as nutritionist and then things just kind of evolved and I didn't really expect them to at all, but you know, now I'm working virtually with women one-on-one and doing fitness and nutrition coaching with them. And my specialty is kind of working with really busy moms. Some are stay at home, some are working. Um, but regardless, they're wearing a whole bunch of hats and my job is to kind of get in their ear and remind them that sometimes they need to put on the hat that is theirs and theirs alone and take care of themselves. I love it. You know, there, there's always something to be said for leaning into the, to what's naturally happening. You know, I, I think a lot of times we, we have this path in our head of what we think needs to happen or the, the, the way things are supposed to go, but the way things are supposed to go are the way they go. And so when we're willing to listen to that and just lean into it and go, all right, well, let's, let's see what this, let's see what happens here. And as you said before, when you talk about your values and your principles that you live by, it makes all those decisions a lot easier. So when, when people are coming to you and saying, Hey, what are you doing, man? You look great. You know, you got four kids. I'm sure you hear that all. You got four kids. I bet you hear that every fucking day, but you know, there, those people are seeking something that you have. And when you possess the skill set to be able to facilitate that, there's power in that. And there's also money in that too, which is kind of awesome. So, you know, you end up doing something that you enjoy doing. You help people that need help, that, that resonate with you and you serve your purpose. Uh, I, I love it. And it's been, you know, you and I haven't known each other that long, but it's been, even in the short time I've known you, it's been awesome to see your growth and to see your, your reach and people start shouting you out on social media and just just really, you know, again, you're giving them permission to enjoy their life and not have to be a mom all the time. Because I don't believe that defines us either. Like part of, part of my job in this world is being a father, but I'm more than that. And the same goes for you. Like you're more than just a mom. Like, yeah, you got a bunch of kids, but (laughs) that it still doesn't need to define you as a human being. So I, I love it. It's great. Yeah. I think it was, might've been Andy Frisella was listening to a podcast one time. And I remember him saying something along the lines of like, well, sure. Like I'm a dad, but I, I mean, he's not, but might've been Sal, Sal or somebody talking. Um, and they were like, you know, I'm a dad, but that's not like intrinsically what makes me me. Cause like anybody can procreate. That's not that impressive. And I was like, Ooh, that's, that's a really good point. Like you want to hang your hat on that, that like literally anyone can do like, no, we got to <laughs> come up with some better stuff that like makes us who we are. That's, I love that because anyone can and well, most people can. And it's like, especially for a guy, it's like the one thing we always want to do. So is it that special? <laughs> you know, is it really that special? Anyway, so, so what's next? You know, I, I mentioned the book. I'm going to hold you accountable to doing that. You know, we talked about that the other day. 
So what, what's next for you? Where do you see this journey taking you? And um, where, do, where do you want it to go? Do you even know? Um, it's all still very new. <laughs> and to be honest, I've, I've had a difficult time like conceptualizing it, especially, you know, joining sort of with the Apex family. Like there are some heavy hitters there. And to sit in the room with people, you know, especially coming out of this almost decade long fog of being a stay at home mom, you talk about raging imposter syndrome, right? Cause I'm sitting now in a room with people that are incredibly successful and they know more than me. They've done more than me. And, you know, I constantly have this little battle on my head of like, well, who are you to, you know, build a business? Who are you to coach people? Um, but realistically, like I, I'm just enjoying what I'm doing and I really like helping people. I like the pride that, you know, when I see somebody making a lot of progress and really investing in themselves again, and then feeling that sense of pride and accomplishment that makes me like, like my heart's going to explode. Like when you see your little kids do something really, really cute. that's like, Oh my God, I just want to like grab you and squeeze you. Cause I love you so much. Like, that's how I feel about some of my clients when they like really reach that next level. So, I mean, I just want to keep doing this until my schedule is full and then figure out kind of what the next step looks like. Do I scale from there? Um, you know, luckily I've got the fit pro collective to coach me on all of that. So <laughs> You know, it's, it's interesting. I've, I've been around obviously a lot of fitness coaches over the years and, you know, we always talk about scaling our business, but a lot of times there's some coaches that don't want to scale because they scale and then they realize they lose all the things that they really love to actually do. Like I got a buddy down in Austin who essentially just hired a whole staff, like didn't coach anymore. And then found himself sitting around twiddling his thumbs, missing coaching. So he worked himself back into the business, not, not completely. He's not there all the time, but he was like, that's what I really love to do. So I, I really like that mindset of let's just see where this thing goes. And, and, you know, again, you're going to make an impact in a multitude of ways. And, and I think just listening to that intuition of where that leads and what that entails and you just let it ride. So that's great. Um, so I got one more question for you. It's my, it's my second, oh favorite, it's my second favorite question outside of the who you are question. Um, you know, we live on social media where we post a lot. You post a ton, you know, again, your stories are basically like hip thrusts and libertarian views. It's awesome. But if you, <laughs> that's pretty, that sums it up pretty well, doesn't it? You it is. Yes. If you knew that the very next thing that you posted would go viral, like viral, viral, everybody's sharing it, everybody's talking, it hits the Facebook news story, what would you want that post to say? Hmm. I would probably want it to be something that would open people's eyes to their ability to, to write their story. You know, like so much of what we see in the news now, I mean, especially, I feel like in the last mm, couple years, everything has just been, you know, these people hate these 
people, these people hate these people, just divide and conquer left and right. But, you know, like you opened up with earlier, you get out in the real world and it's not like that, right? Like, have you ever met a racist? Like, I honestly don't think I have in real life, like ever. And I'm like, where are all these people that you hear about on the news? I, where are they hiding? I don't know. And like, I mean, I'm from Kentucky. I'm from Eastern Kentucky at that. Like, you'd think there'd be a whole bunch there, but there weren't. So this idea that like your success or accomplishing your dreams or creating the life that you want is somehow not available to you because of something outside of you is bullshit. Like I would want people to understand that it is your responsibility and your responsibility alone. Get your mind right, get your heart right and go write your story. And if it sucks, it's your fault because you didn't write a good one or you let somebody else write it for you. Preach. Ah, oh, fucking love it. <laughs> Dude, this is why I had you on here. So great. <laughs> um, you're awesome, Kirsten. I love you. Uh, I love you. You know, it's again, it's been so great getting to know you and Jeff. Y'all are great people. And uh, I, I really, I look forward to seeing your book come to life. I look forward to seeing the impact that you're going to make and, and just leaning into what you do well. And I think the world needs more people that are willing to do that and listen to that and take action on it. That's probably the, the biggest thing is just taking action on those things. And uh, there we go. So I'll, I'll put all your links in the show notes. So if people want to contact you, they can find you. Follow this woman. She's going to do some big things coming soon. It's awesome. So uh, any, any parting words for our friends? Oh, I'm, I'm grateful to be here. Thank you for having me. We love our friendly neighborhood fitness ninja. <laughs> that is I. So again, thanks for listening, folks. Um, if you enjoyed this, let us know, leave a review. And until next time, get out there and make good choices. Thanks so much for tuning in. I greatly appreciate it. If you would like to get a copy of my book, Make Good Choices, head on over to the Amazons, type in Make Good Choices or my name. It should come up in either place. If you would like to connect with me for health and fitness coaching, shoot me an email at info at markzfitness.com or shoot me a text, 214-418-8872. That's the only phone number I got. It's been out there for a really long time. Hope you enjoyed the show. And until next time, keep on making good choices.